0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the High Hopes Podcast. I hope. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies. On Radio.com and Sports Radio 94, WIP.
1: Yo, it is another edition of the high hopes podcast jack i just want one thing just one thing i want andy mcphail bleeping away from my baseball team jack i want him away i want to never see his dumb face ever again i'm done how you doing buddy
2: is that it is that? Yeah, is that yeah I mean,
1: I'm is? sure. I, let's be honest. I'm sure it will not be it in terms of of complaining and being angry about Andy McPhail. But in terms of my opening salvo, yeah, that's it.
2: Well, I uh, I had to uproot myself to come do this podcast, so I am willing to uproot whatever I'm doing and come do this podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, seriously, like what? <laughs> just, uh, just a just well, a like a I true mean, embarrassment. I I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you. Um, we think a lot about the Phillies, right? And yeah, too much, you might say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. and and the listener, the listeners of this podcast think about the Phillies a lot. Like the Phillies are kind of our thing, and like Andy McPhail has has sucked all the joy of being a Phillies fan away from me. Like every time he talks. He just he, he. I don't know how a, a president of a team you would think would be selling hope, right? And and you'd think that they'd be selling this whole like, oh, we got this plan, we got that plan. Like, let me be gullible. I'll be gullible. There's no one but Jack, Jack. Jack, we know, buddy. We yeah. know. anyone listening to this
1: podcast knows you are ready. Give give you anything, and
2: you will grab it like a life raft. Yeah. Yeah, if there's a little uh, a light in the door and I can see the light, let me just explode through that door. (laughs) But the dude gives me nothing, man. Like he gives me absolutely nothing. And you know what? You know what I noticed this, James, was because today I'm sitting here and across my Twitter timeline is a story from Bob Nightingale, who is always right and is, uh, is on top of... I know where of, you're going with this because I, I
1: guarantee you I had the exact same reaction to the tweet that you did. Go ahead.
2: And, and it's like... Well, thank you for giving me permission to, to go ahead. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm thanks. here for. I'm the go-ahead yeah. guy. Yeah, if you didn't tell me to go ahead, I wouldn't know which direction I was going. <laughs> um... <laughs> um so like Bob Nightingale, who again just dynamite analysis, 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 analysis Um, <laughs> friend of the podcast. Yeah, Bob Nightingale. sorry, broke the Harper news in the podcast. Hey, <laughs> buddy. Um. He tweeted like, yeah, Francisco Lindor's is 100% not going to be on the Indians next year. <laughs> and I was like, dude, a year ago, I'd be concocting all kinds yep. of trade proposals. And now I'm just yep. like, no, it's not going to happen. They, there's, there was literally no point in me even putting out a fake trade, getting excited or anything for Francisco Lindor because there is a... Zero percent chance that they are trading for Francisco Lindor. Like it, it's not even in the cards. You know, it's not even like something that they're the Phillies. Hey, they're apparently in on everything, just like Howie season. um Two myths, by the way. But big time. But like <laughs> you couldn't even give Jack.
1: Uh, Jack I, my first. I'm not kidding at all. I swear to you. I saw. I was working today to produce the midday show. And I see in my Twitter timeline that thing pop up, the Nightingale tweet. And my literal first thought was about this podcast and how disappointing it was that you and I couldn't talk about it in a real way. Like other than like we're doing now to like be like, well, there's no – because there's no chance. And like that was such a bummer. I was like even for us to entertain the idea that – maybe they could tra- which is something you and I have talked about in the past like you and I have talked about the idea of trading for Francisco Lindor back when it felt like there was like maybe a small small hope of something like that happening and and you're right like my first thought was like no chance
2: it's a very sad uh uh place to be cuz like cuz like they just they just killed like they've they have made like they have really just taken the pandemic and like used it as an, as an excuse for almost everything. You know, it's it's crazy. It, when it comes to when it comes to running a sports franchise and everything, like the Phillies are using all of it to to just say, "Well, listen, we're pretty much sitting this out." Like they've effectively said they're basically sitting out of the 2021 season. Like it, you know, I see all these articles coming out where it's like, "Oh, well, if they don't sign JT, they they can pivot to, like, James McCann and George Springer and all this. And it's like, <laughs> to, have you paid attention to what this team is doing? Like, they're, they're cutting scouts. They're cutting player development. They're cutting everything because it's costing money. Like, everything they're doing right now is to, to cut costs so that they don't have to pay things and they're they're using the pandemic to i think get rid of a lot of things that they've been wanting to get rid of for a couple of years you know they're they're starting to get rid of the senior advisors to the general manager which there was like two thousand senior advisors to the general manager and they're they're cutting jim jackson i mean like like seriously we're cutting broadcasters and, and for, for what like i don't know um yeah it's just it's so hard and and, and again i will Happily, be proven otherwise. Obviously, like, it's just hard to be excited about a team that's just punting this twenty twenty one season and is is using the the pandemic as an excuse to not spend any money, even though they're worth plenty of money. And even though you know teams like the Yankees and teams like the Mets are still making moves, like the Yankees are gonna have to sign DJ this off season. Like they're gonna have to bring in pieces, and they're they're uh, expected to lose four hundred and thirty million dollars this year. You know, so it's just like it's so, it's so just excruciating to just not have almost any glimmer of hope. Like, there's just, I don't know, I don't know where my hope lies with this Phillies team until I'm proven otherwise.
1: Oh, man, you sound like me, Jack. You're supposed to be the optimistic one.
2: I but, mean, we're, listen, we are one Eric Neander hiring away from this being.
1: <laughs> that's what I said last time yeah. on the last pot. I said, one move, this all goes away. Like it John. John Jonathan Middleton Sir One move. All of this. It's all gone. One move. Listen, you don't even have to spend money this offseason. Like I don't even care yeah. if you signed anybody. Like I'll
2: take you, you being can, cheap.
1: You can rebuild for yeah, all I care. Yeah. Like just bring me into Tear
2: it down. Tear it down. Tear it down if you want to tear sure. it down.
1: I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Just put the right guy there. Hey. And I I
2: don't I don't, like, don't want to break news to John Middleton, but I would just like to say There's no luxury tax with front office moves. There is not. Hey, John. Hey, John. Hey, John. You don't have to pay the luxury tax. I know that's like the sweetest music possible to your ears, but you don't have to pay the luxury tax in signing front office executives. So if so facto, let's just start paying some front office executives and really get this thing going a little bit
1: guess how well, about uh, 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 let's let's take that po- a point a step further by signing this guy who took a team to game six of the World Series on a quarter of the payroll of what is the luxury tax itself like bring the guy in and he'll manage your money too in that sense like I mean what are we doing here he's shown he can build on a shoestring budget like it's just it's so simple it's so simple and again just to like when Middleton said the the response about the JT thing and he was like, do you know how many people are going to be in the stands? Can you tell me that? First of all, it was combative and whatever. But like that was maybe the single and, and a press conference full of alarming things. Maybe the single most alarming thing was that he's, it, it was such an insight into how he's looking at this, how he's thinking. Like it was such a sign that he is not going to spend money, period. End of story. Like, sorry. Boom. Like you knew it then.
2: Uh, yeah, and then his uh, his straight-up, I don't know, like, right-hand man, Andy McPhail, basically just used the same exact kind of quotes. And, you know, like, they, they act like it's so impossible to do anything with what's going on. They're talking about, like, their offices aren't open until January, or maybe January or whatnot. And it's like, dude, the Sixers just hosted a press conference with four guys all in the same... Building that you'd be talking about, the Eagles open the Novacare every single day. What are you talking about? It's crazy. It, like it's seriously, crazy. seriously, what are they talking about?
1: Well, I honestly think that Andy McPhail saying that, saying that you know who would want to uproot in the middle of the pandemic is a way to talk about how they're you know probably not gonna hire a general manager or whatever. Uh, him saying that literally the the same week, days after Daryl Morey had agreed to come to Philly after Glenn, Doc Rivers <laughs> coming to Philly too. But literally the same week where, where in basketball, one of the, whatever you want to call it, top five, whatever, like top executives in the sport chose to uproot in the middle of the pandemic and come to this city for, for a team in this city. I mean, to say that, it, what he said the days after that happened is legitimately, I think it's dumber. Then if we don't, we don't. I think it's dumber, maybe, than any stupid thing that has ever been said in the history of Philadelphia sports. What about stupid? Like, what about not- stupid money? It's dumber. It's dumber. I mean, it's 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 un- The thing with McPhail is like you watch this guy, and and we all know he hasn't had success in decades. But like, it's hard to understand how he ever had any success at all. Like it almost feels like he just fell ass backward into a lucky situation because. I don't believe this guy has ever been good at this, ever, ever. And we know for a fact he hasn't been for a long time. I don't think he ever was. Like, I cannot believe, he's the, you said it, he's one of the least impressive people I have seen in sports. Like, that's it. Like, factually, he's one of the least impressive executives, front men, whatever, that I have seen in my time in Philadelphia sports, like, flat out.
2: And I don't, want, I don't want that point to get missed because you've been involved in the Philadelphia sports scene since the 70s. You, like yeah. you have been like
1: sixty years almost. Yeah, really.
2: I mean you were in the seven hundred <laughs> level. You know, you 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 you've been everywhere. You were actually in the jail. and the... I was at shy Park. Yeah, Jack. you were in the Let's jail at the... Straight. jail at the seven hundred level after a bad yeah. Phils Mets game. I mean, <laughs>
1: expand your mind. I was at Shibe Park, Jack.
2: Wow, wow, wow! The Baker Bowl, unbelievable. <laughs> 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 so, I I will say though, like I wish, I... whatever. I know this is gonna sound whatever but like i wish i could experience like when baseball was king you know like when baseball was was what football is today and people were breaking it down like it was football today and totally. all the old ballparks and i think it's shy park i don't know but uh, uh, where people were able to like sit on their rooftops and watch a game uh that's just sweet to me that's just that's just good old-fashioned baseball but here. speaking of good old-fashioned baseball annie mcphail Um, yeah, it's just like, isn't it, isn't the, (laughs) the job of the team and the president to like get you excited about what the team might do this off season rather than like complaining about the situation they're in. Like what other team is, is, is complaining as much about this as the Phillies are. There's, there's not another team that's like using this as a, as, as, as big of an excuse as the Phillies are. And the Angels have like eight interviews
1: set they up. Have, they interviewed Rube. I mean, <laughs> I know, What are we they're doing? They're interviewing everybody. Because why the hell
2: not? But it's like the the thing that's even crazier about the the Maury thing is that like the guy has like college age kids. You're talking about like legitimately uprooting. Like he's legitimately uprooting to go from Houston to to Philly. And and I, I was going to save this for the, for the the take take bag or whatever. But like. You know, Josh Harris is is spending, I think, ten million dollars a year on Doc Rivers or eight million dollars a year on Doc Rivers, and he's definitely spending ten million dollars a year on Daryl Moore. Like he's investing a hundred million dollars into a coach and into a front office executive.
1: Not to mention being way over the salary cap in terms of what he is paying players. Like they might have the uh, maybe other than like one team, like one of the highest overall pay, player payrolls in the nba like he is way over that tax so like i mean i look i said it on wip this weekend and it's just a fact like it's sad to say especially considering where and i know not everyone's four for four and all that but but jack and i are sixers fans like to to see where we were with josh harris three months ago four months ago whatever and to now like Josh Harris is a better owner than John Middleton right now it's not even a question. He's running laps around John Middleton and that's something i I never thought I would say, Jack.
2: Yeah, yeah it's it's absolutely insane and I was thinking about it because um, I think what's really hurting the Phillies from a from a spending standpoint is and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am like Middleton's only source of income is the Phillies, right? 'Cause he sold the he sold the cigar business and I think his only source of income is the Phillies, whereas Harris obviously has his his other stuff like
1: I mean Harris, uh, it's like a it's a it's a one of his many things. Yeah, I mean Harris' like
2: Harris's company Apollo, I don't know what it is. They made like four billion dollars last quarter. So he's like he's like seeing money coming in and spending it. Whereas Middleton, I'm pretty sure the only thing he owns is the Phillies. And the only thing that he can make money off of is the Phillies. So like that's, that's, that's definitely, it's a
1: really good point, Jack. Well, it ha- It's a really good point. It has
2: to be factoring into his equation. Well,
1: we were just talking about Maury. you know, you look at a team like the Rockets, like their owner, Tillman Fertitta, like he is, he owns a bunch of restaurants and a bunch of stuff like that. Like he's someone who a lot of people have said the t- same type of thing where, you know, he's kind of like rich on paper, but in terms of fluidity, not as rich as you know, you would think. And I, I think you, know, that is certainly the case with certain owners.
2: And I I think that's happening here. I think that's happening here. Now, at the same time, uh, Billions, right? I mean, Billions are still at play here if he wanted to. He could do whatever it takes, but it sure as heck doesn't seem like uh, it's going to do whatever it takes. Um, The mixed fail presser. The ability for that dude to, like, sit there with a straight face and and say what he says is just unbelievable to me like he pulls off the war thing and oh and my I was embarrassed did you did you did you watch the press conference or did you just hear clips?
1: so I finally watched it i I heard clips at first and then I went back and watched
2: Did it. you enjoy your second viewing experience?
1: Um dude I'm, it was worse, honestly because like once you know everything he's going to say and then you have to actually watch it and how he says it and the reaction to the questions he gets and all that, like it really was worse. Like it was worse than even hearing the stuff. And, like you would think you would be, like you would think it'd be the other way around where you hear the stuff and then you're desensitized to it. It was worse because it's it's that much more appalling the second time through when you're watching it all in
2: context. Well, yeah. And, and especially uh the like the war answer because if he didn't watch it he, he just starts looking down at his notes and like I know and like know. he thinks that he thinks that he's slick saying like well you know since twenty sixteen we've been like ninth in war and if you just look at twenty eighteen through twenty twenty we're actually number one. Like they're citing they're citing a dominant second half from Alec Bomb as a reason as to why their drafting hasn't been as bad. Yeah and the other insane thing—a dominant
1: fifty, whatever right. games from Alabama. Right.
2: Rome. The other insane thing is the whole like young talent question that was brought up by Howard. And as always, I mean, thanks to Howard for for actually, you know, you know, asking the tough questions and totally. Yeah, yeah, he always does. Howard Howard will ask whatever needs to be asked. Well, listen, and like. <laughs> Howard is so stuck on the drafting thing and the developing thing because ultimately, I mean, that's how teams win. It's the most important These, thing. It's, like, it's the it's this we're stuck on. Yeah. I,
1: anyone I mean, who's I I I ventured to say pretty confidently that no other Phillies podcast covers the draft yeah. one one hundredth of what we do. So yeah,
2: yeah. What if I told you that I cannot confirm or deny this. I've spent like I'm already pretty deep into the 2021 draft like I'm already it
1: would it would be the least surprising ah, thing dude, you've ever it's said it's just today. the greatest I mean, it's I'm, just I, I honestly I would be shocked if you had said what if I told you I haven't even looked at it for twenty that would have been shocking I've, but no I've
2: already got a couple guys that that. I'm sure you do. yeah that, it, I'm listen sure you do. I'm excited like 13th pick in the draft I'm <laughs> no. very excited I'm very excited
1: <laughs> All right, back to Howard
2: I'm sorry. Just thinking about the 13th picking the draft again. No, I know. You know. What, you know what else hey, I'm
1: 13, thinking about? 13 is my favorite number, Jack. So is it really? what it's worth. Yeah. 13 is your favorite yes. number. That was my. 13 is my favorite number.
2: 13 was my favorite number, my favorite number growing up, and you want to know why? I would love to. Because of Billy Wagner. Really? Yeah. Until he got That's here. Super random. Yeah. Until he got here, and I was like, oh, don't like Billy Wagner. I <laughs> 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 Don't like Billy Wagner. Um, and then I became. I was so. So I was I was 13 for the longest time, and then I became a 22 because of okay. Why was I Why was I 22?
1: Uh, let me think. A 22. Um, it's not a Philly. I don't think right. It's not a Philly because the Phillies were terrible. No, I was trying. I couldn't think of a single good 22 for the Phillies. Um, this is like this is know, like this is me. like
2: 04 to 06 if we're talking about pitchers and the number 22.
1: 04 to 06. I'm not gonna
2: get it guy. Clemens. I was a big Clemens guy.
1: Clemens was twenty two? With the Yankees. With the
2: Yankees and I didn't remember and that. Astros. I, remember that. One. I know because you watched Clemens in nineteen eighty seven. Well, I remember originally Yeah, Clemens. where he was twenty one, yeah. 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 Hey, and and speaking of, of Roger Clemens, didn't didn't expect to get into this tonight. <laughs>
1: no, I don't know how the hell we got I don't know how we Let's got roll with it. I don't know how we got <laughs> there. Whatever.
2: Yeah. Let's roll with we'll it. We'll just roll with it. So I would just like to say I would just like to say that I support Roger Clemens when it comes to throwing the bat at Mike Piazza. I didn't have a problem with the bat throw because ultimately, he's just trying to compete. And he's just trying to say, hey, that's my mound. And ultimately, he wasn't going to hit Mike Piazza. And people act like he was, he was throwing like a dagger at Mike Piazza. He wasn't. He was just throwing it in his direction and said, hey, that's my mound. I'm going to go dominate. So I would just like to say I am pro Roger Clemens when it comes to the bat, quote unquote, throw at my piazza.
1: Yeah, you are. You are such a pitcher. <laughs> that is such a pitcher thing to say. <laughs> like, sure. Of course you are. Yep. 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 <laughs> I. So Howard, back to Howard. nice question.
2: Totally forget where we're talking about, but, um, oh yeah. So then the 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 stones on this freaking guy, to <laughs> to pull the whole, well, before uh, Soto and Acuna and all these guys were. They were before my administration. That's on Uh, the old regime for not getting the job done when it comes to those players. Hey, buddy, it's been five years. I know. None of those guys. It's been five freaking years. And yes, I am very excited for Johan Rojas. And I think he's being severely underappreciated in the prospect rankings. But for the love of all that is holy, five years like you're 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 saying you're throwing rubens administration under the bus because they didn't unearth soto and Akuna. and like you're just not taking any blame Like, how can you not take any blame? Like, this is what pisses me off so much about these freaking press conferences they have. It's because they try to come out for the first five to ten minutes. Like, Milton did the same thing, and McPhail did the same thing. Whereas, like, the first five minutes, it's it's like, oh, you know, we're really tough on ourselves. And we're really, you know, we're being self-reflective. And, well, a hundred years, we haven't drafted well. And... I am disappointed. We've been under 500, and then they get the, like the simplest hard question, and they're like defending every single thing they've done. It's, it's like, so well, true. Matt Klementzak, so true. Like Matt Klentak has great character, and uh, our WAR is actually number nine in baseball. I don't care that you're number nine in freaking baseball, and how about you stop using a stat. That is skewed for 50 freaking games. And why don't you just evaluate what you're actually seeing in front of your faces. You bring up Cole Irvin. Like Cole Irvin even shows a pulse as a Major League Baseball player. As if like that another success of the Matt Klintock era. Like just... Can you just have a little bit of accountability for five minutes and just say, hey, we haven't done a good job. I have one year left. I can't wait to get out of here because ultimately I suck at my job. I, Andy McPhail, suck at my job. I am not good at what they paid me to do. In five years here, I am under 500. I haven't won anything since 1991, and I am spoon-feeding the owner these ridiculous talking points to try to make him sound smart, but in reality, they're not even smart. They make him look like an idiot. So why can't this whole front office... Just go away. I don't want Ned Rice near this organization. I know it might lead to Theo Epstein, and I will take it. But that Ned Rice is just Matt Klintak. It's the same exact thing as what Matt Klintak is and was. You think that Ned Rice, who has never been a GM his entire life, is not going to call Matt Klintak and say, hey, what would you do in this scenario, buddy? And Matt Klintak is not going to tell him what he would do. Like, just... Blow the whole front office up and just get someone in here that knows what they're doing because these guys are ruining it. Like, they are just ruining it. And what makes me the most angry is before we started this podcast and around when we started this podcast, we were talking about the Phillies being a sleeping giant, a sleeping giant. They've had four top 10 picks since then, including the number one overall pick, oodles of money and they have just ruined it. They have ruined it. And I just, I can't take the excuse making and the, and the, oh, a pandemic has just thrown off our whole thing here. It does that for everyone. You are not the only team that lost money this year. Everyone lost money, including the teams in your division that lost more money than you. Just would you stop with the freaking excuse making and do something about it? And maybe, maybe, just maybe, take the pain for a little bit so that the fans who haven't seen a playoff appearance in nine freaking years can just taste a little bit of success rather than thinking we're just wasting our time. I'm sorry.
1: Yes. Just go, yes. I Look, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, I wish – I wish. listen, I, you know, I hope they're listening. I wish you would listen. If anyone knows anyone at the Phillies, get this to John Middleton. Get that rant there because, I mean, it's just – you nailed it. I mean, it, it's an embarrassment. They botched it. Like, they botched this. They had five years, again, like you said, with high draft picks and tons of money, and they – They completely botched it. Like, we're sitting here after year five with zero playoff experiences, zero over 500 records, and a team that basically Bryce Harper, you're going to waste his career. You got Zach Wheeler. You got Aaron Nola. And it's like... You know, some other small pieces. Like, you have no farm system. You got Alec Boehm. You know, like, you got a couple guys. Like, you're nowhere close to the Dodgers or, you know, all these teams, the Rays, the Indians, all these other teams that are just, like, light years ahead in terms of how they run their organization, in terms of the rosters, in terms of the farm systems. I mean, like you always say, Jack, I mean, you've probably said this a hundred times in the last— you know, few podcasts, but, like, the Rays are not only in the World Series with the least amount of money spent in baseball, but they have the best farm system in the sport. Like, what are we doing here? Like, the Phillies spent five years to get this? For this? For Bryce Harper and a bunch of sadness? Like, it's, it's a true, true, again, like, I don't, for those people who are not basketball fans, just trust me, trust me when I tell you that saying Josh Harris is a better owner than John Middleton is about as much of a slap in John Middleton's face as I can give him. Like, that is a you suck at your job, John. Like, that's what you're saying there. Like, it has been a, a just a disastrous, disastrous ownership job that he has done since he took the reins. Like, disastrous. Hiring Andy McPhail and Klentac and then and then empowering them for the next five years to the point where even when you get rid of Klintak, you don't get rid of McPhail. Like, it's almost like McPhail has brainwashed him. Like, I, it's crazy. Like, how is Andy McPhail here? It, how is Matt Klintak here? Like, how is Ned Rice an interim GM? I, it's, it's like, it's too hard to believe, Jack. Like, even like the Angels, who are a bleep organization, fired their GM and just are moving forward. Like, it's just, it's crazy to me. It's crazy. It's so crazy. And and I will say, to your point, to what you said about Theo, like, it does feel like it's Theo. Like, this whole we're waiting year thing, while they've messaged it horrendously, does feel like the only real explanation, because this pandemic explanation is clearly a load of hogwash. Like, it is just... It is clearly BS, as we've talked about, as we've seen many other teams do it. Like, it almost feels like they're, they are they want to say, we're going to get Theo next year, or something. Like, because if that's not it, if that's not... The, I, I, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, Jack, because if they're not bringing in Theo next year, if this whole charade of whatever they're doing right now is not about, all right, we're just waiting a year, and we're going to try and message it well, and we didn't, clearly, but we're going to just wait a year so we can get Theo next year, then, like... Like, fine. Like, fine. But, like, don't handle it this way. Don't say the things you're saying. Like, I just, I I, I feel like I'm giving him too much credit because the only thing that logically makes sense for how they're handling this is that that it's Theo next year. But logic is playing no role here because why should I trust there's any logic involved? It's just a mess. It's a disaster. Like, who knows? Honestly, in all reality, they probably are, dumb enough there that this pandemic thing is something they actually believe. Like that that's where we're at to believe. Like why wouldn't we believe that at this point?
2: Yeah, and honestly though, like the Mori thing has kind of given me a little bit of hope for a for a Theo kind of reality. Because ultimately, um like the Mori thing, they they just they lucked into that. Like Mori decided he was leaving and apparently if you believe him, he wanted to take some time off and be around his family and whatnot, and the, the the Sixers just came calling and offering him all kinds of money to come around their franchise. But ultimately, the Sixers were looking for what the Phillies should be looking for now, which is a president, a guy that could oversee everything. Like, you believe in an Elton Brand, that's fine. And you think Elton Brand can do the job. But ultimately, like, you want someone above him who uh, can oversee basketball operations and knows knows what they're doing. And, and Maury kind of fell into their laps. And honestly, like, the Theo... The Theo scenario is kind of falling into their laps. He's a year left on his contract, um, and actually, I'm pretty sure Neander only has a year left on his contract. So, um, I mean, I'm sure the Rays will do whatever it takes. But that's just interesting of note. Um, but you know, I just it feels like the Theo thing could be falling into their laps a bit here, and and sometimes it works out. And you know, I don't know. It, it just seems like that their main concern right now is is not. Definitely not filling the GM role and spending money to, to get a real president here and all that stuff. It it seems like their main priority right now is to save as much money as possible and and cut costs wherever they can. And if it if it hurts the on field product, if it the thing that the thing that annoys me the most is like that. The, I think they're going to end up hurting their player development. I mean, all that matters in baseball right now is player development. You know, and and, and Middleton's talking about how.
0: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
2: you know they haven't scouted well for a 100 years and they haven't developed players for 100 years well they have the right pieces in place down there and they need to just try to keep those guys help uh, keep those guys happy and keep those guys around because if they lose, some of the, the the guys that they've brought in to help with player development, like it's gonna be it's gonna be some major major losses, and that should be priority number one. Like if you're not gonna spend on the major league roster, like don't invest all your resources into player development and and getting the most out of the guys that you already have here. And it just feels like it just feels like their main priority for everything right now is cut this, cut that, let this person lose their job. We need to save money here, and it's just like. It's just so hard to be enthusiastic about the future. That the like you know. I'm, I, again, like I'm reading articles of of trade possibilities and free agent signings and all this, and it's like, dude, none of this is happening. Like, like maybe like, uh, could I talk myself into a one year contract for Kirby Yates for five million dollars? Sure. Like, I'll talk myself into that. Sweet. Let's just let's do that. That'd be fun. But like, who are we trusting to 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 make these shrewd small contracts and try to get the most out of these guys? We're trusting Ned Rice. Why? Why am I trusting Ned Rice? Why am I trusting? Why again? Why is Andy McPhail still here? And and the thing that's that was so shocking from the McPhail press conference was like, the dude is begging to be let go. Like. He just wants to be gone. He doesn't want to be here anymore. Like, there was nothing in his whole 35 minutes that was like, oh, he's excited about the future of the Phillies. Like, all Andy McPhail wants to do is just stay at his house in Maryland and probably golf. And, like, <laughs> Middleton just won't let him go. He And he's talking about how he'd happily step aside. Great. How about you do some research and bring some guys in and spend some money and get the guy out of here? Because he clearly just wants to be done. Like, McPhail wants to be done. He told him at the last time he signed his contract extension or whatever, this is it. Which is, like, a little ballsy for a guy who pretty much sucks his job to say, oh, my illustrious career is over after this. But... Like, it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. It was, it was so awful. And every time someone speaks from the organization outside of like Girardi, I just feel 10 times worse about them.
1: Yeah. If they never talked, I would feel better about this team. Like it's not even a question. It's not even a question. I would feel better if these guys, if McPhail Middleton never cracked a mic, as they say, I would feel better. Like, I still, obviously, we wouldn't be excited. We're, we're not idiots. We see where things are. We understand how bad the farm system is. We understand all these things. But I would feel less bad. <laughs> At least I still have some sense of hope. At least I still have some sense of belief. Because ultimately, it exposes that the people in charge of this franchise, and, and you know, obviously... We think, we hope, we pray that McPhail will be gone at at the worst next year. But, like, especially Middleton, the owner of this franchise, is someone who we don't feel like we can trust to run this franchise. Like, that's the bottom line. When you see this guy talk, it makes you feel less and less like he's the guy who's going to run a franchise that's going to win the World Series, that's going to bring that effing trophy back or whatever, bleeping the bleeping trophy back. Like, like... You see that guy it doesn't inspire that in you. Like, how could you possibly see him talk and say, "Oh, that's that guy's gonna lead us to the promised land"? Like, of course you don't. Of course you don't. So I don't know. Let Let's. We, you want to talk about something else? I feel like we bitch about McPhail enough. I feel like you know. I know. At this point, I am sure we're gonna spend the rest of the off season bitching about him more and stuff. So, let, let, I we were gonna talk about some free agent stuff, but that almost feels a little silly. Huh. Um, after we just talked about how meaningless it was. I do want to talk about...
2: Hopefully, it's hopefully not meaningless, but...
1: Yeah, and look, we're going to do our our hopeful shows, and we'll get there, but, you know, McPhail really angered me, and I think clearly really angered Jack, and it just was, you know, to see that guy talk like that after Middleton's horrible press conference, it just is, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Is that fair?
2: I mean, especially given how, (laughs) how much we... Do you have any other like,
1: final thoughts on it? You wanna you wanna put a bow on it?
2: Uh, sure. I love the Phillies, and I think everyone listening to this podcast knows how much we love the Phillies. And I know it sounds like you know we're we're hating or we're just finding the negatives. And I just I just don't think that way. Like I love this team so much that watching them operate this way is causing me like to be really upset about the future of the franchise and to see the, to see the front office and the owner act the way that they act in these press conferences is just, it gives me absolutely no faith faith for the for the future of this franchise. And it, it, I don't really talk. I don't get to talk about it that much. You know, I don't, I try not to tweet about it. I try not to, you know, on the air is on the air. We're mostly in Eagle season and, I mean, rightfully so. We're not really breaking down the McPhail, Middleton press conferences. Like it was, if there's nothing else going on, like this is really the only place where I can fully get my thoughts out. And like, it's the first time I have really thought about like what he said and how awful it is for Phillies fans everywhere. And I just think about, I just think about everyone out there listening to this podcast and we talk about being diseased and, you know, we talk about how the Phillies are all we care about and, you know, we get excited about draft prospects and prospects of themselves and Bryce and all that. And it just feels like they don't care. And it, it feels like the, the front office doesn't care. And it feels like they're just, again, like the whole penny pinching thing. It's just, it's just not, it's not sitting well. And especially when you just look at the, the roster right now, I mean, you have, you have Reese, Kingery, uh, Harper, Wheeler, Nola, like, this is a team that you you need to start investing in, and they're just. I, I have this overwhelming dread that they're just gonna, you know, punt the off season, punt 2021, and shoot for next season. It's just like, sweet. So what? So what? What can I talk myself into? So, um, yeah. I, I just I just hate hearing them talk. I want to feel inspired again, and and ultimately, Neander or someone that's smart. Becoming the president of this team and and giving me some semblance of hope, and giving the listeners of this podcast some semblance of hope is just so massive. And I just I I just hate I hate where we're at right now. Like I just I couldn't possibly hate where we're at more.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. <laughs> I'm right there with you
2: fun times and again times.
1: and again like to 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 wrap it with an uh, unlikely but optimistic bow one move man like one move give Eric Neander a blank check and even look even if it's not Eric Neander bring a smart person a person who you know we agree I mean Jack and I the authorities on this agree is a good hire for that for that role, and it all changes. Like, immediately, like, look, we'll accept losing a little longer. Like, we will. We will. We're okay with that. We just need it to be for a purpose. We need a, 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 a light at the end of the tunnel, as Jack put it. You know what I mean? We need something to look forward to, something to believe in in that process. Because if it's Ned Rice and Andy McPhail in and another losing season, and no future and no hope, then what the hell are we supposed to believe in? What the hell are we supposed to have high hopes about? Like, what are the hopes supposed to be? There are none. So I I think, you know, that's it. Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, hire someone smart to run this team. And and until then, like, it's just an aimless ship floating about, waiting. And again, like, to the dude who said we're going to bring the effing trophy back, to the dude who said I'm going to spend stupid money, to all that, to like... It, like... You have to do this, man. Like, you have to do this. You put your freaking mouth out there. You said these things. You're the one who created the stakes. We didn't create the stakes. We're the fans. You're the one who said these things. Said, I'm bringing the trophy back. Said, I'm going to spend stupid money. I'm going to do what it takes to bring a winner back to Philadelphia. Want to be sustained success. All these things. Like, you're the one who said it. You're the one who promised it. It's your job. Like, your ass is on the line with this. And all you got to do is hire a smart person. Like, that's it. Like, this is so easy. All right. Um, and just uproot. Let, let's keep.
2: Someone's got to uproot to come here, you know. The The, 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 yeah, ang- the angels yeah. have interviewed. I meant, I
1: meant next year, Jack, obviously. Speaking of, one other thing we definitely have to talk about, because, like, you know, we're not going to dive into free agency much. We'll do that next week when we're a little bit happier and at least can maybe fe- feign some hope. Or whatever but but the dd thing is just another example that the for those who don't know and i'm sure most of you do because you're disease phillies fans like us um the phillies decided not to offer dd a qualifying one-year offer 18.9 million one year for one year we all know what i say no bad one-year deal um because they were scared that he would accept the one-year deal jack your thoughts
2: yeah just another uh just fun uh, fun decision by this team, like it's just it's just so it's it. The qualifying offer is the easiest win-win in the history of baseball. You know, you, you if he accepts it, sweet, you get the guy back on a one-year deal. And especially for this team, like Bryson Stott is not ready to be the team starting shortstop at uh, next season.
1: And Didi was great. Like Didi was great here. Find me one Phillies fan who doesn't want Didi back. One, I bet you can't.
2: Uh yeah, I I have no idea. It's just it's just insane. Like all right, it's it, it honestly was the perfect scenario shaped up for them. Stott's not ready just yet. I think he's a year away from being ready. They have Didi on a one year deal if he accepts it, or he doesn't accept it and you get a draft pick. Like it's not this hard. It's just it's not this hard. And and again, this is another example of like the the Didi thing really killed me because it's like. We're seriously going to be that much of penny pinchers this offseason where we can't even offer the shortstop a, a one-year qualifying offer where if he accepts it, it's great for the team. And if he declines it, you have some compensation and he, he gets a multi-year deal elsewhere. The only reason that DD did not get the qualifying offer is because they're terrified he would take it. They're terrified of having to pay a freaking shortstop $18.9 million for one year, again, for one year. So, yeah, just another, just a a fun, fun decision um, of a team that is just driving me insane. So uh, that's what I have to say about the D.D. thing.
1: Yeah, I nothing to add. It's it's just a true bummer, especially D.D., who, like, again, you know, it really is a true statement. I, I bet you can't find one Phillies fan who watched this team this season who wouldn't want that guy back playing shortstop. I mean, he was awesome. He's you know, outside of being super likable and a great clubhouse guy, like we talked about when he was coming in and all that stuff. He was just a good player, like a really strong, solid, sure-handed defender. Pop, the only player on the team who played in all 60 games. Like, he showed up. And all this with a a a actual, like, high-risk guy. Like, a guy had to wear the mask every game and stuff because he was putting his, you know, health on the line, theoretically, to go out there and do this. Like, I just, it's, it's, It's massively, incredibly disappointing, Jack. Like it is, I I can't understate how disappointed I am that they didn't. Because in my mind, getting Didi for one year at eighteen seven is is a coup. It's a steal. You're telling me I can sign Didi for one year? Yes, please, at a very fair price, considering how good he was last year. Like, and considering you know, it doesn't look like you're gonna spend money in a bunch of other spots. Like, it, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would like them to sign him to a long-term contract. Obviously that seems even less likely now. Um I just yeah, it's uh it sucks, man. It's what cheap bad teams do. It's what cheap bad teams do. And uh, yeah, uh not
2: my phillies. You know? Not my
1: phillies. <laughs> yeah, well, we need some new phillies, my <laughs> friend. Um all right, what else you got? You got anything else in the take bag? cuz I'm 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 all You're out, out of amount. Uh, oh, out. it's I'm so out.
2: disappointing. There's so many fun things. Some-
1: Somehow we're we're forty five minutes in and and we really have just railed on McPhail the entire time, uh, which we could probably do for another forty five. But you know, yeah, I feel
2: like I cut myself.
1: So there's a lot going on right now, Jack. You might not know that. I feel like I cut. We're in Philadelphia. We're at like the epicenter of the world right now. So
2: you know, yeah. no biggie. No pressure. No pressure.
1: <laughs>
2: how about this for <laughs> for 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 intake mailbag? Uh, how about Johan Cozada, the waiver claim? From last week, I would just like to talk about my guy here for a little bit. I'm sure he would. Oh, the floor is yours. Yes. Uh, thank you for for giving me the floor. Um, the right kind of arm to take a bet on. Uh, first off, a Marlins guy, which we are we are very pro Marlins when it comes to developing pitchers. Um, throws 100 miles an hour, which sounds sweet. Didn't know the Phillies knew that was possible. Um. Needs to use his legs a little bit more, but there's something in there. I think if you get him with the right kind of coaches and some of the guys in the minor leagues, like listen, I'll take I'll take my shot on ninety six to one hundred with natural cut on his fastball. Listen, he might have something here. Now, I don't know why Robert Stock didn't like totally get a real shot last year, or why they just outright moved on from him, and he's throwing a hundred and whatnot. But um, I would like that not to be the case in this scenario because I want guys who throw hard and. Uh, he definitely throws hard. And I think there's actually could be more in there with his legs if they use them more. But um, that's all I got to say about that. I think it's...
1: I'm, I'm surprised you had that much to say. I think
2: it's really dumb that they declined David Phelps' option. I mean, it's not... Oh, I agree. I agree. Like, he, it wasn't going to cost that much. And I know... <laughs> I, feel like, uh, I feel like me and you were, like, lying, I don't know, to the High Hopes listeners and saying that I swear David Phelps is good. But I swear David Phelps is good. <laughs>
1: David Phelps is good. Like, I will
2: stand by that. Like, Heath Embry definitely sucked, and I'm glad he's not here anymore, and it declined his option, which is great. But, you know, David Phelps, it wasn't going to cost him anything, and the upside is way more than, you know, what we're probably going to go into next year with. I don't know. I thought it was dumb. Yeah. Thanks. I'm glad you agree with me. Um, Co-sign. <laughs> what's your what is your uh, <laughs> what's your departing message to Heath Embry? Like, I mean, he's his option got declined. He will not be on the Phillies next year. Do you do you have any final words?
1: Uh, we don't curse on this podcast. I That's know. true.
2: That's true. That's true.
1: Get the bleep out. How about that? I would, don't let the door hit you on the way out, pal.
2: I would just if you need a ride, call an Uber. I'm busy. I would just like to say that at one point, I ush, I uh, uttered the sentence. I now trust Heath Hembree with my life and oh, you did. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. And I would just like to say of all the Pavetta takes the Heath Hembree. I now trust you with my life is the most, the greatest thing I've said in this podcast. <laughs> and I once said,
1: I, I actually agree. You, yeah, you've, so just Nick Pavetta stuff alone, you've said,
2: and I once said that Joey Manessis, who I don't know is still playing major league baseball, is or playing baseball anywhere for for that matter, is. I said that Joey Manessis is our Max Muncy. So, yep. um, listen, we we, we chalks him up to L's, and <laughs>
1: hey, at least you get taken out like a man. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Listen, bad about you.
2: Listen, there's no one, listen. I have been, I just get ridiculed for every opinion that I have. So. Listen, the Heath Embry thing just, you know, falls off my shoulder. It means absolutely nothing to It me. was like nothing. Yeah. It well, was especially because like, like... I turned so quickly. It was like people forgot that at one point I uttered the sentence, I now trust Heath Embry with my life.
1: Yeah. It got forgotten pretty quickly. Yeah,
2: because he was legitimately dreadful the second yeah, He I had two... like
1: one good outing, and then he was like the worst pitcher I've ever seen in a Phillies uniform. Yeah. Other than maybe Brandon Workman. Mm-hmm. Now Workman was better than him, and he was also sure? horrendous. You're sure. That's the crazy part. Like a Heath, I think with like a nine or ten ERA. Dude, Heath
2: Embry was literally a home run every single time he walked into yeah. It
1: was um um it, uh, like legitimately hard to believe that someone could be as bad as Heath Embry was. Well, this
2: bullpen sure did try, didn't they?
1: <laughs> Dude, they were special, man. Let let's let's put it this way. Let's hope we never see anything like that again. Let's put let's, it, let's put it this way. Because I don't think we will. We, I mean, again, it's the second worst of all time if you count this as a real season, which I don't,
2: let, but whatever. Let's put it this way. We won't forget the 2020 Phillies bullpen. <laughs> yeah, well said, Jack. You know what? You are You know what? The, the
1: 2014 Phillies, the 2016. We're going to forget a lot of things about those teams. You are damn right, Jack. The 2020 bullpen is, for better or worse, and I think we know which one, forever ingrained
2: in our minds. And I and I can't wait for the 2024 uh championship parade where Connor Brockton and jojo Romero are on the floats heading down Broad Street and they're saying, "Hey, we survived the 2020 Phillies bullpen." <laughs> oh,
1: See, there you are. There's the Jack we know uh, and love. Listen,
2: anytime you need anytime you need me to shed He's any back. any light of positivity.
1: He could only be down for so long. The,
2: the name of Connor Brogdon will always give me a little smile. I love and it. JoJo. Like, yeah. I honestly, like, JoJo. I'm in on JoJo. Yeah. I'm not out on JoJo. JoJo I know the
1: numbers don't look great. I'm in on nah, JoJo. That dude felt like he belonged. Yeah,
2: JoJo, JoJo and Brogdon, um, I love them, you know? I just... Like, I like your children just just straight up love those guys. i have
1: zoe you have connor brogdon and JoJo Romero.
2: yeah which is more rewarding
1: <laughs> oh, man. i'm gonna guess zoe but you know <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> speaking of uninspiring baseball man how about rob manfred um you know not only did we have to listen to Andy mcphail but we had to listen to the annie mcphail of commissioners say that um hey guess what thinking about uh, neutral Sight World Series next year.
1: Oh, I know. It's like Dude, bro. just
2: fire them into the sun. I mean, in all seriousness, like a neutral site World Series. I mean, why does baseball have to be the way that they are? There is nothing more beautiful in the sport of baseball than seeing if a pitcher can handle pitching in an opposing uh, stadium. You know, like there's so many legendary moments. Like being able to shut up forty five thousand guys. It, it's not even a fans, question. It's like
1: Like I honestly would say of all the weird crap that this season had, like the thing that I didn't expect and we talked about, it, and we knew it would bug us a little bit and stuff, but like the no fans really felt awful. Yeah, it was like, like it was and so and whatever. It was just awful. Like it was awful. Like it really was awful. And and like particularly playoff baseball, like and you talked about it before the season, but it just rung true, like like you need a full stadium. Like the, none of this, none of this crap. Like none of this BS. It is, it is unacceptable.
2: Yeah. And you need your fans there. Yeah. And, and like part of part of what makes postseason baseball so special is is the crowd reactions. You know, you still get chills thinking about what the crowd was. The crowd was like, of course.
1: It's one of the biggest parts. Yeah, of it. Like the J roll. Yeah. What do you want to make it like the Super Bowl where no one cares and it's not like a, you know, like the the every every single person who's ever gone to a Super Bowl, other than people say the Eagles won mostly because there were a lot of Eagles fans there, but like. For the most part, it's like a very septic, you know, kind or you know, like kind of antiseptic, whatever. It is like kind of just very, like, um, you know, like no one cares. Like it's a bunch of people who are not fans of either team for the most part. A bunch of business people, a bunch of you know, people who got free tickets, whatever it is. Like it's not, you know, business stuff. Like it's not a real crowd. It's not like a feel of a crowd.
2: Right. So yeah, I, I I'm with you. I this just this better not stand. Stop. Just. Rob, every every idea that you have just that pops into your head, just say, that's a dumb idea. And, and it'll probably work out in your favor a majority of the time.
1: And then step down as commissioner and let someone else take over. Yeah,
2: how you. about you let someone who actually likes baseball? Um,
1: yeah, wouldn't that be nice? Actually cares about watches, you know, baseball, likes baseball. Yeah. It'd be nice.
2: Yeah. What else you got? Uh, I guess I'll make this a little, uh second last thing um
1: somehow somehow with literally nothing to talk about
2: we've gone an hour again i, I just know. i don't know how these things you, happen you keep doubting the the stuff that we have to talk about i
1: literally inside baseball because we never lie to the of listeners i said to jack earlier today i was like like i have nothing to say like we, like i was like you know i love high hopes i love talking to you i have nothing to say tonight like i don't know what, there's other things going on my interests are elsewhere. I'm just. I don't mean you say. And somehow we're we're about to be an hour in, and we're still talking to each other. So I guess that that says something. And you said, Jack said, oh, hey, you know, once we start talking, it'll be.
2: Yeah, good. And so, and once right, I said, so. hey, when that red light turns on, you did say I that. I know what's gonna happen. So, <laughs> um, yeah, one rant later, and we're here. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I, I'm trying not to get too excited about the free agency, but I just I can't stop thinking about the idea of like one year, or maybe two year deals in the scenario, but a, give me a one, a one year deal for Garrett Richards and Charlie Morton. Just give me those guys for one year and just see what happens. I love Garrett Richards. I've loved Garrett Richards forever. And just in watching him in San Diego last year, I was like, Oh, this guy is disgusting. Like I could never imagine a guy with stuff being on the Phillies, but, um, Garrett Richards is here. I would love Garrett Richards. He may only make like, I don't know, 10 starts next year until he gets hurt, but I want those 10 starts to be in the Phillies uniform. Also, the Phillies, uh, probably not true, but in my mind, true. Fix Charlie Morton. Um, and I think it's just nice. It, w- it would be nice of Charlie Morton to say, all right, you guys clearly were the ones that got the most out of me. I'm going to sign back in philly on a one-year deal and uh listen the best postseason pitcher in the sport right now gets to go to philadelphia and probably not make the postseason so um very much in on charlie Morton and garrett richards on one-year deals i know we're not at our free agency episode but like
1: we'll get there i'm very. I, I, I would nice be i would be did you see jeff pass said that free agency this year is going to
2: move like molasses oh, great, he said great it's great. Well, there's no, there's no winter meetings.
1: No, let's get everyone excited about three months of baseball free agency. Unlike the NBA or the NFL, where they have midnight that night, whatever it is, July first, everyone's like, yeah, and people talk about it, and people are excited about it. You know, in the news cycle, nah, let's just drag it out over the next three months. Awesome.
2: I will. Baseball. I will say it again. I will say it once. Well, I've said it once, I'll say it again, whatever the term is. I liked that the Harper thing was dragged out. It made it, it, made it way more special. If Harper signed on midnight of the first night of free agency, it would not have felt as special as it did when Harper signed.
1: That's fine. That's fine. Thank but it, I don't think it's the best thing for the sport. Regardless... <laughs> It, for us, we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about. Yeah, it, we, got sure.
2: that guys, the we got literally months.
1: Phillies won't get it. It'll be super year, fun. Maybe. I can't. I can't wait to cover the Francisco Lindor to the Mets yes. trade. It'll be great. Yes.
2: We have maybe years to talk about this free agency class, and 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 when they sign. Terrific.
1: Terrific. You got any, uh, anything else to take back I think for
2: we are one week away from the high ops cans. I sent them to you oh, the other day. Oh, yeah, you
1: sent me one. It, it looks amazing. It is, It is. I can confirm it's going to be the real
2: deal. It's, it's going to be amazing. I, they are in. We're waiting for everything else to get in at Four Fingers Brewing Company. Um, but the high ops cans are here and they are glorious. Cosine. Go get them.
1: They are absolutely amazing. Like, one of the coolest things that has happened in 2020 is I have cans. I'll say that. No doubt.
2: Never a doubt.
1: All right. You got any final thoughts, mm, big dog? No,
2: I don't have anything final thoughts. Uh, just counting down the days until Andy McPhail is no longer here.
1: Yes. That, honestly, that's all I want. Just, just go away. Just leave. Just be done. Bring me someone smart, John. All right. Uh, I'm I'm like going down a pit When I think about this team I go down a pit of despair It's so sad Jack
2: Just end it just end the podcast End the podcast we're signing off there's no more Despair needed
1: He's Fritz himself so we'll see you later